0: Welcome, we are the Eject Rejects, I am Forrest, I'm Ian, <coughs> I'm Jacob, I was drinking water, I'm sorry. oh man, that was abrupt, <coughs> I was drinking water, I'm so sorry, cough to get off, that's right, yeah, slurp it, slurp slower, stop it, <laughs> get hydrated,
1: do it, trying, <sighs> wait, did we
0: even finish the introduction, Ian, did you say hi, I'm Ian,
1: I'm Ian, again, oh, you did, ah, crap, I'm Jacob, I'm leaving this in, too, <laughs> I'm leaving all Today's of this little film
0: part. is Drag Me to Hell. Two thousand nine Sam Raimi's closest Evil Dead film he will ever get until he actually makes another Evil Dead film. Please don't. Please do. What's I need more of that shit? Sam Raimi being our director and writer, co-writing it with his brother Ivan. I Ivan Raimi. Jesus. We are not professionals. <laughs> Ian, please tell us more about this film.
2: Okay, yeah, so directed by Sam Raimi and then uh, co-written by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi, uh, this film starts, uh, stars Alison Lohman, uh, Christine, as the primary character, protagonist. Justin Long, I'm sure you're all familiar with Justin Long, as her boyfriend, Clay. And then the only other character, well, there's two other characters. I only wrote down one of them in terms of the name of the actress. is Lorna Raver, mm-hmm. playing as Mrs. Genuche. And um, because this is a pretty uh, small film, there's really only, I'd say, four characters tops. And the fourth character is a... um uh, I wanted to say magician, and that's not right. Help me. Out here. Psychic, was, he's, psychic. Thank he's you. A psychic. Yes, psychic. a psychic as well. Um, Thirty million dollar budget. This film was a success. Um, it made about forty-two million USA, so domestic, and then it made ninety-one million, a little bit less. There's like ninety point eight or something. So I just rounded it up. Ninety-one million worldwide gross. So this was a very successful film for its time, made in two thousand and nine.
1: Our most successful film budget-wise so far, right? I That's, would have so, covered that yeah. we've I covered. was
0: just about to say, yeah. this is the most successful movie we've ever reviewed of our normal type Rejects. reviews. <laughs> Besides being our our, our smaller um, one-off reviews. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke, I think, made a shit ton of film money, if I remember correctly. It, it did. It's definitely considered a classic. And this film, when it first came out, was considered one of the best horror movies of the the year and so the person on the other side of this radio right now hi there driving your little prius what do you think you're doing driving your prius you really think you're improving the world sorry so the other people on the other side of the speakers right now uh you might have might have forgotten this film it's it's odd for me to talk about a film like drag me to hell and not a lot of people know about it i feel like this film needs to go back out in the spotlight um this film needs to be considered, I think, a classic in a lot of horror film literature—not um, literature, not literature um, filmography. I can't speak today; it is rough. It's okay, to be a
1: Forest. We'll, we'll be okay. No, I, I can agree. It deserves to be in the talks of, like, in like in the same realm as like your Evil Dead's. Like, if you're going to mention Sam Raimi films, obviously the first thing that pops into your head is Evil Dead. I think, think this should be I up think, there. I think this... I, I can agree that this film should be mentioned along with some of the greats that he's done. I can I can see that. Even though I do have problems with it, I have definite issues with this, with this film. But I'll get into that when we do um, spoiler talk. I might be
2: the dissenting
1: person again, just like the
2: last episode that you guys listened to, hopefully. Uh, no, that was me in the last episode No, I'm referring to our Patreon episode that we totally did not record 10 minutes ago
1: Oh, oh, yeah, no You're breaking I'm, the magic I'm, I'm talking about main show Main show, main I show, was that okay. guy Yes And you, I will wear are. that vouch proudly for that shit fuck movie <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I'm glad
0: to have my teddy bear back I'm
1: sorry um, Don't say sorry So, some some IM, IMDB fun facts, as I call them Because that's where I found them And I don't know if they're all 100% correct um, so Alison Lohman actually did most of her own stunts for the film. Which is the best fucking thing that I read when I was looking at the same
0: list mm-hmm. you did. Yeah. <laughs> this girl gets beat up throughout this film, and it's it's great that she actually did the majority of these stunts. I have a lot of respect for her in that regard.
2: So I want to bring up that point, too, because that is something that, like, you know, certain films make a really... Good point of making fun of, and one one of my more favorite comedy film or comedy directors is Mel Gibson, and he makes light of that fact in Spaceballs. Like, you idiots you captured their stunt doubles, <laughs> Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Did I say Mel Gibson? You did oh, say Mel Gibson. No. Oh
1: boy, passion, of, passion, beer, in <laughs> passion no. of the Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Mel that, Brooks.
2: No. Oh my god, I think that was one of our best ones yet. Anyway, um, Mel Brooks. Um, going back to this film, Alison Loman, so you really have to respect, at least I do, I really respect actors that actually do their own stunts, because it's, it's kind of a joke at sometimes that, you know, the actors are there to just do the dramatic scenes and look pretty, but all the exciting stuff that honestly a lot of people are really only there for are are, are people that never get the full credit for that, right? The stunt doubles. Um this is a great example. Another one is, you know, say what you like about um Tom, Tom Cruise, but he does all of his own stunts, and it's real shit, and you got to respect the man for it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Another fun fact is that Ellen Page, so a callback to our Super episode, Yay, but um, Ellen Page was actually originally cast to play the main protagonist role. I would like that. But she yeah. turned it down to star in the roller derby movie called Whip It. Which is actually a really good movie, which came out the cool, same year. I haven't seen choice. it, so I can't. I can't. I have no judge. It, I know it's Drew Barrymore's directorial debut, but other than that, I know nothing about it. But she turned down the role for this film to do that one. So I yeah, thought that was. I've fun. never seen
2: the film either. It just sounds like this is a classic
1: film. And then another another person who turned down a role was actually Bruce Campbell, because Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi are like peanut butter and jelly. They just kind of go together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he turned it down because he was filming the successful show Burn Notice," where mm-hmm. he played Sam Axe. It's a show I actually enjoyed. It was on the is a USA network exclusive, but he was supposed to have some like minor role in it, but he turned it down because he was filming that. And another fun fact.
0: Oh rolling them out, <laughs> rolling them out. I'm rolling Sam. them out
1: rolling them out. Um, this film was actually done being written all the way back in 1992, yes when they finished Army of Darkness. So this film, this but this so this film had just been kind of put on the back burner, and you know, Raimi did all the Spider-Man movies in that time, and mm-hmm. so he, you know, it was just. But this but the script for this film was done years and years before it was
2: made. That's almost like a Mad Max Fury Road, you know, the the <clears throat> the production hell that that film was in for forever and ever and ever with poor George Miller. I mean, he had originally created that film back After when he was, no, well, Gibson was still Mad Max, but we're not talking about that film, but similar idea. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the synopsis. So we have mm-hmm. a, a structure that we're framing all of this meat on, if you will. we got to get right. that skeleton in there. Skeletons. Meat um, and bones. Yeah, get the meat and bones in there. Ugh, um, God,
0: it's meat and potatoes. Why is it meat and bones? <laughs> You're
2: meat and potatoes. Force is just that I love. because he doesn't eat meat, but anyway. Has
0: nothing to do with the fact that I know most people just don't eat.
2: Bones! I'm just doing it to piss you off. Anyway, the synopsis. So... The, basically, the, the the structure of the film is Christine is a um, an employee at the bank, and she's wanting to take the assistant manager position that's be that that that's been available. So she's this up and coming younger uh, woman in like mid twenties, I'd say, like twenty five, twenty six, and she's really wanting to make her mark and start a career on singing, and she's doing everything possible. And then her boyfriend is an academic, Clay. He's an academic professor, I think, at a university. Mm-hmm. And anyway. She is stuck in a situation where the manager basically says, you know, we're going to maybe give it to your competitor. And the manager basically suggests this because that she plays everything safe. And sometimes she just needs to kind of grab life by the proverbial balls, if you will, and and, and be the tough, tough girl. And as it so happens, she ends up in a meeting with Mrs. Ganoush, who is a Romanian, I believe, Romanian-Hungarian. I think— I want to say Romanian.
0: And creepy looking gypsy. Yeah, lady. she's
2: this stereotypical looking old gypsy lady with a kind of like a lazy glass milked over eye or whatever. And um, she's late on her mortgage payments. And um, Christine's like, Well, we've already given you all these extensions, so on and so forth. She goes on and talk to her manager. She's like, There's anything we can do for this old woman? She's on a fixed income. You know, I don't want to make her lose her house. She's begging to me. The manager's like, No, you, you. it's your call. You need to do what you need to do. He gives her significant looks, suggesting like this is going to help determine your promotion. And therefore, Christine makes the decision to say, no, we are not going to give you another extension on your mortgage. Mrs. Ghanoush goes batshit crazy and she starts spouting all this gibberish and such and says, you shame me. I'm going to lay a curse on you, which then leads into hilarity because she actually gets cursed. And she has a set period of time before a demon called the Lamia comes and literally dragged to the hell seven days for us three. three three days thank you yep. three days that's three the days of torment three yes. days of torment before she gets drugged to hell and it's about her trying to find a way to remove the curse and save herself from being dragged to hell
0: and if anyone caught it here our character gets laid with a pretty hefty price for doing her job yes and one of my favorite parts of the film is that our main character Kristen Brown or is it Christine? Christine
2: Christine Christine Brown
0: she didn't really do anything wrong she no. did not deserve what was given to her which makes her a very rootable character and what I really like about this film is lays down her goals right off the bat you understand within the first few minutes of meeting her what she wants to achieve you know who she is and you know the strife she's dealing with because it has her in that that uh, position um, and then um, it shows a a brief glimpse of her with Justin Long playing her her boyfriend, and has an interaction with him talking to his mother over the phone that she overhears, and it creates a little bit of dissonance between him and her, and it it, it sets this all up really quick and really well to the point where okay now we can focus on the Sam Raimi balls to the wall ballistic shenanigans. And it's fucking awesome. I love the setup
1: to this film. Yeah. Um, I <clears throat> I I have things I want to say, but I wanna I wanna save them. I wanna save them for the spoiler section. So
2: well I'll I'll leave this last thing. I think that might be a good part time for us to descend in the spoilers, is is like Force was saying, there's nothing that Christine does that's wrong, and this film has a lot of overtones of kind of like the The main characters to the the heroine of this film, if you will, she's doing all the right things and she's still being punished for them. And a lot of times, this film very much is kind of like pushing the idea of you know bad things happen to good people. And a lot of people might have issues with that. And Jacobs kind of sitting here cringing a Cause, little. Because I no, cause know because I it's... have because I
1: have a because I have a counterpoint to her doing the right thing. Like I said, I'll sure I'll, I'll, I will delve more okay, into this. Let me let me,
2: let me rephrase that. She does. Everything that she does in the film makes sense to me. It's like, okay, even if I disagree and have issues with it, which we'll get into that because that was a big problem I had with the film, I at least got it. Mm-hmm. I at least got it on some level. And she still has terrible things happen to her without me getting into spoilers. She continues to be afflicted by this curse until the conclusion of the film. And that's all I'm going to say from there. Um, and, and I liked that idea behind it because it made the film real to me even though it was a very fantastical, silly Sam Raimi film that was in the style of Evil Dead in a lot of ways. And I'll leave it at that.
1: And with that, we will get into our regularly scheduled commercial break. (laughs) Of (laughs) of sorts. (laughs) And uh, we will be right back, ladies and gents. Bye. Welcome back.
2: Hope you enjoyed the uh, advertisement as usual. And now we're going to talk about some spoilers about
0: Drag Me to Hell and get a little bit more of the nitty-gritty, if you will. Forrest go. Oh god. Um this film was PG-13 and you know what? It was a really really good use of a PG-13 movie. And why I say that is I've seen this film quite a few times. I've seen the theatrical version, the PG-13 version of this film. When I watched it with these two individuals who yes. had not seen it before, we watched the director's cut, the unrated version and it was unnecessary. Um it was the same amount of time. The only thing that was different between these films is added scenes of gore. One in particular, there is a an establishing scene with our our psychic individual and our main character, where he says you may be able to appease this thing by giving it a sacrifice. She then sacrifices her cat. Kitten a Kitten. Which obviously a lot of us had to look away but in the um, theatrical version you see her walking towards the cat and doing the act and then it cuts you don't actually see it you just know what happens it doesn't need to show you the full thing and then the next scene is her patting the ground with a shovel bearing the cat the unrated version showed the blood as the knife went down and then showed the corpse of the cat right afterwards so to me the point was was well really stupid why would you not show it happening but then show the animal right afterwards don't show it at all you don't need to show that sam raimi does a lot of things right with this horror he likes to go balls to the wall which is something odd for me to say when i like his style of horror when i typically appreciate horror that is much more subtle his horror goes straight for the jump scares his horror goes straight for the the faceless um evil dead shots where the the, you see through the pov status of the this entity running at them and hitting them and yelling and screaming and it's loud and chaotic and that is really effective in a lot of ways and sometimes it's not sometimes i do appreciate these subtle things but in this film when he lets out on the, the blood and gore, sometimes he goes a little too far, which makes it the unrated version, and I thought that was unnecessary.
2: So I want to talk about that because that was the specific scene that was the biggest detriment and made the film not fun for me, and it took me a good 15, 20 minutes for me to kind of ease up from that, the kid's sacrifice, and so I, I got to preface this by saying that I am a major cat lover, It's a personal preference. Someone that may not like cats may not care as much about the scene as others. And just to be completely bald-faced about, there was a scene later where they tried to sacrifice a goat. That scene didn't bar me as much because I don't like goats for personal reasons. But anyway, we'll not get into that story. Um, So I can understand that. Um, But I also agree with Forrest on the fact that they added in extra stuff that really wasn't necessary that didn't do anything to advance like the point of the film. Like we didn't need to see that to get it across. Now I didn't see it because I left the room, but I knew it happened now the reason why I bring it up is I want to talk a little bit about where the movie succeeds really well is when Sam Raimi does Sam Raimi things. And Forrest touched on this on... The reason why I like Sam Raimi is because he has a very specific directing and 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 shooting style. He does the frenetic scenes. He does the super high frame rate or just sped up footage with the POV of the demon, you know, the... The wailing and everyone's, a, a, you know, familiar with, with, you know, Evil Dead and, and the extremely over-the-top, almost Looney Tunes-style... Gore and 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 and, and um, um, violence. Right, mm-hmm. and when he did that in the film, like my favorite film, my favorite scene in the film, with the, which is the car scene when Christine mm-hmm. is fighting Mrs. Ganush, which we can get into. Um, that was when the film succeeded. And that's when the film took the the premise and also made it humorous. The same thing. That's when it worked. And then when he started to be more. <clears throat> just horror and it wasn't fun for me anymore. And it was just kind of made me sick to my stomach. And I didn't like that.
0: When this film is fun, it has you like curled up in a ball, like, Oh no, this is like gory and horrific. Oh, this is so much scary too. Holy crap. I'm rooting for this girl beating the crap out of this elderly lady in a car. It has <laughs> you <laughs> yes. root for things that <laughs> it's, really campy for a film that revolves around a lady that's in a very normal situation as far as her relationship her job and her career goals and then it introduces something that's very stereotypical Hollywood 2000s ooh you now have a curse and that it adds this this goofy camp on top of it that is so exhilarating and thrilling and effective
1: yeah um since we're kind of going delving into issues with it all i actually had a problem on first viewing i i, I want to watch this movie again because now that i have an understanding of and maybe this was my fault for for not realizing a hundred percent that it is a sam raimi film and not to, <laughs> what not to expect but the thing that upset me initially was that, that the actual goof and cheese kind of caught me off guard Oh, because okay. because the okay, so for for me, what I like, I want you to establish what your movie is and in the beginning, and when you have that beginning scene where you see the the child who was cursed by the gypsy, and okay. that whole scene plays out, his parents are trying to get help from the church and all of that, there's no cheesiness there yeah it's it's very a straight front face that's a straightforward horror. You know, I have a curse on me. He gets dra- like it is a it is a it, it's a terrifying thing to watch. You're watching a child, an innocent child, get dragged down into hell in a church.
0: Or not in a church. It's it was big it was old a mansion, huge mansion it? mansion. it was a mansion. owned by okay. the, yeah. This See, lady who comes back into
1: play later in the film. Sorry, that, my mistake. But regardless, it's it sets it up as a just a straight laced horror film for for me that's what that that's what that whole segment of the film was and that was your establishing that was your establishment for tone of the film then you know you get into the parking lot where the old gypsy woman's sucking on her chin and it kind of goes that was hot it 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 was like it was it was fine i ended up you know i i I lightened up after a bit in my own head after a while set of teeth yeah (laughs) and one good eye um or well, three good eyes between them. Anyway, um, just it, it 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 was just frustrating because I feel like it had a problem with tone. But at the same time, I know well I I read that this was basically Sam Raimi's big like middle finger to all the serious possession type movies that were going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So I can respect that. I like you know you know fight the power kind of thing. I just. It was just a frustrating thing initially. I know now that I know what I'm getting myself into when I watch it again, I I think I'll have an even better time than I already did. I had a good time with it. But I think now knowing what this film is as a whole, I will have a better time with it. Well,
2: and that right there I think hits the nail on the head for me, Jacob, as you kind of – and I, and I actually really appreciate the fact that you maybe didn't realize because I came into the film expecting the direct flip side of what you're talking about. You were going in expecting a straight – horror film, mm-hmm. I was going and expecting more of an Evil Dead style stuff where Evil Dead's pretty clear, at least in my opinion, about what it's trying to do. And It's a horror film, but it's a horror comedy, and it ramps things up to the point of utter ludicrousness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I was weighing the film. And I think th- you were saying tone, right? Mm-hmm. Tone. Tone, I think, was the biggest problem with this film, which is why, unfortunately, I have to disagree with you, Forrest, on saying that this is a film that needs to be put into annals with other Sam Raimi films. It's a fine film. I don't think it lives up to the same expectations I was hoping for, and I was also a little disappointed because the film in, in its tone was very muddled, and it really gave me a lot of whiplash at times that was a bummer.
0: Good. Fair enough. I mean, I can't disagree with that. I, I really do like this film. Usually when I watch horror films, I, I there there's two camps for me. I like a horror film... Specifically a monster film that takes its time and builds up the creep factor and then finally does the huge reveal of the monster and it's much more satisfying. Jaws, Alien. Um, And then there are certain films where I want to be disconnected from reality. I want the situation to be real, but I want the actions and how it's executed to be so surreal that it allows me to enjoy something that is maybe heinous. Friday Thirteenth movies, for example, slasher films. Those films are about people killing other people, uh, sometimes in a supernatural sense. But it takes you out of it and puts us in this, in this allocation of people and situations that are somewhat dis- detached from our world. So it's easier to watch these kids get skewered by this guy because, what? His mother's upset that kids were having sex. Ooh, what do you fucking do? How'd you get into this world? Some magic squid just popped you out. No, you were here because your parents had fucking sex. It, the, the point being is, I liked this film for it being just so breaking in the mold of your typical horror films. And it does it in a way that Evil Dead 1 and 2 do, but it ramps it up. It takes the the same genre of like, Conjuring Insidious, these films that were very popular around then, and it just injects it with that, that fuck you straight into the the veins, and I love it. I typically don't like films that are just um, CGI scare to CGI scare to
2: jump just scare. Just a bunch of nonsense jump scares, sure.
0: And this had a good mixture of creep fact. We never see this this being, this this monster, this demon, ever. We see shadows and figments of him and interpretations of him, and we see what he does, but we never see him. We know the rules. We know that within three days, um, she's going to get tortured, and after those three days, she gets dragged to hell. Later in the film, we get uh, a few other rules that add a little more complexity to her and her choices, and then it gives you more jump scares. But it earns them, and it does a really good job of... Me liking a film that typically, I I would foo foo out or be like, this doesn't need all these jump scares. It does a really good job. It disconnects me. It gives me real purpose. It has some good slow build up tension, and, and then it gives you jump scares. I like it.
1: Yeah, um, I can agree with that. I <clears throat> I think that this movie. I'm gonna disagree with you just a little bit, Ian. That's I, fine. You can't. I don't. I don't think it it deserves to be put up in like, you know, some god tier level. But when you talk about solid Sam Raimi films, I think this one needs to be mentioned. Like a lot of people immediately go to Spider-Man. For instance, no. Sure. This one this one deserves to be talked about more than Spider-Man, I think.
0: And maybe it's just because this one's overshadowed rather yeah. than being forgotten.
1: And I want to I want to talk about something that's specifically within this universe. They so we oops, my water bottle. We we kind of mentioned in the beginning or Forrest did that this lady is being punished when she did nothing wrong. Yes. I disagree. I think this film's universe punishes those who are selfish and who take more than they than they need. Gypsy Woman comes in looking for a third house extension when she is not when she has not made any attempts to do so, right? Well Spoilers because it's a spoiler section. She ends up dying. Gypsy woman ends up dying yeah, down the line. Anyway, she just dies
2: of old age. You don't really she, establish
1: what happens to they, her. But she put a, she put a curse on her because she was being greedy and selfish, right? Well, um, Christine, in her one moment of trying to be selfish, you know, you see it. You see that she's. You see in a scene beforehand that she gives this couple a, a you know a loan and all that. The one moment she decides to just be selfish because she wants that job. That's what it is. She didn't she didn't do this because she felt the lady was undeserving of it. She didn't do it because she did it because she wants the job and the the moment that she decided to be selfish, quote, quote, selfish is the moment that this that this universe decides to punish her. I feel like the I feel like in this little Sam Raimi world you get punished for being super selfish or greedy
0: i would disagree with that okay and because when she was making the decision to go to her manager and say hey is there anything we can do for this lady that is not doing anything about her current situation she she was i think in the wrong she was letting her empathy get the best of her that is her job i i I get that Everything can't just be butterflies and rainbows and has to be bittersweet in a lot of different areas and a lot of different regards. But she went to her manager and Mm -hmm. she said, this is what I want to do. The manager said, that is your choice. But he laid it down on the line here. We've had multiple extensions. She's not paying them. This, This lady did not deserve her Mm -hmm. extension and this person Arc main character made the right choice she wasn't being selfish she was making a character arc she went Mm -hmm. from oh i'm rolling over because you're really sweet to oh i have my goals i know what i need to do and i now see what needs to be done she had a nice little character arc in the first 10 minutes and then she gets punished
1: for it (laughs) yeah well and that's why i put selfish in quotes fair enough but there but i feel like I feel like even whether you would agree with it or not, I feel like there is still an argument to be made for that, for her being selfish. I mean, the or, argument being that I disagree with you. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying that there that there is an argument there because it's not a decision she would have made had the assistant manager position not be tangled oh, in, is not be dangled in front of her face. Fair enough. That's that's the only re- That's why I say that there's an argument to be made. I I should have also said that I'm kind of split between the two. Yes, she was doing her job, but she there was that assistant manager plaque was kind of calling her name, and I don't think she would have made that decision had it not, had it, had that job not been offered to the other guy. I don't remember who Stu. her.
2: Stu. Stu, yeah, who is her rival. So so I, I do want to, it's funny that we're focusing on this one part, and I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but there's something that I read and kind of like, irked me a little bit and I think kind of ties in a little bit with what we're talking about here so I'm gonna agree with you Forrest actually on on this as well I see where you're going with Jacob and I'll get to that in a second is I'm gonna agree with you Forrest on the fact that I'm gonna go back to what I said at the beginning of this episode too is I feel like this film has overtones of like Bad things happen to good people, and I think that her decision on it was justifiable. If anything, I think the person who was selfish was Mrs. Ganoush because she had clearly not been abiding by the agreement that she'd had and in a fit of rage because she's ultimately established as an evil person, if you will. She places Mm -hmm. a curse because she didn't get her way. Now, with that being said... I don't want to talk a lot about this but I want to bring it up because I think it kind of ties into with what you're talking about. The differences I feel like people took it a little bit too far is there was a lot of critics of this film saying that this film was suggesting that women can't go into a higher role otherwise you're going to be punished and dragged to hell i read that and that instantly kind of gave me icky creepy vibes and i'm like you're looking a little bit too far into a film that ultimately is just trying to be kind of fun oh, the vibes towards the, the, the people vibes, that are making that comment. yeah okay, yeah perfect. yeah people yeah. yeah some critics have said that this film was suggesting that christine was being punished because she's a woman and she can't get into a managerial role and my instant to, my response to that is i'm sorry right off the bat is fuck you. Yeah. Because
1: Absolutely. I don't think
2: that that was what the film was trying to project and I honestly <laughs> think that that that's a little insulting towards the film, but I can see where they're, you yeah. know, what where your kind of opinion was. I could see why other people would take it that far where I don't think it need to go that far and I just wanted to bring that up because it irritated me.
0: It was basically a person who had power in this case being the gypsy lady and she misused it. Yeah. She thought she was in the right obviously. Us seeing it from the opposite end, it was not.
2: Now. Bring it back down from me going on my little thing there. I do want to talk about my favorite scene because I feel like we have to talk at least a little bit about the car there's, fight scene.
0: There's three scenes I want to talk about.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about the car fight scene. So, after Christine basically tells Mrs. Ganoush, Nay, Nay, you cannot um, keep on getting a free trip, a free lunch, if you will, um, she leaves for the day feeling terrible because she feels bad about Mrs. Ganoush because she's ultimately still, you know, cares about, has empathy, if you will. And then she sees Mrs. Ghanoush ganoush's car in the parking lot and as she gets in her car mrs ganoush confronts her and it basically devolves into (laughs) an evil dead two style ridiculous fight where like mrs ganoush is like attacking her in the car because she's in the car with her and they're like punching and fighting each other and 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 christine takes a stapler and staples mrs ganoush's eye closed and just it gets so ridiculous over the top, and I was laughing so hard during the watching just because that was where I was like, oh, there's the Sam Raimi I know, yeah. where it gets into just utter lunacy, ludicrousity, and I'm just like, this is intense.
0: It was, was intense. Great. It, it was had intense, a great yes. buildup, and then when it finally released, with comical gold it, it was well earned yeah, i mean she like ru- hits her with the car and she tries to escape
2: yeah, and like all oh, dentures I was...
0: get popped out and she numbs on her gums on uh her chin yeah, and yeah just... nah, nah.
2: what <laughs> and, and that's the sam raimi i like and it's like that's where you can take these horrible gory nasty things that typically are going to make me feel nauseated but then you frame it and just like you know you know um Bugs Bunny sticking his finger in Elmer Fudd's, you know, gun when he shoots it and it blows up in Elmer Fudd's face, and it's like that would never happen in real life, but it's goofy and it's funny and it moves past the violence and frames it and changes it, and that's what I like about Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi.
0: And the séance scene. Yes, the séance scene. The séance scene is another scene where this movie gets ridiculously fun. There are certain moments in this film, like we mentioned, when it kind of overdoes its. It's gore where it doesn't make it fun. And then it gets back to scenes like this where we are coming back to the the, the old, I wouldn't say gypsy lady, but the, the lady with psychic powers. I, I hate to even say powers. Lady that is attuned with the supernatural. She um, is going to do a seance to hopefully get rid of the Lamia that is attached to Christine. And she has this vendetta specifically towards the Lamia because in the beginning of the film we were shown that she was trying to release the, this little child from the Lamia's grasp and she failed. So now she has a vendetta. She is going to face this thing again and she's going to free this individual. And the scene sets up this wonderful tense moment where it builds this world of, of a cult and witchcraft and then it Devolves into lunacy, it 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 makes you on your ed edge of your seat seat intense. Things happen, and then a goat gets possessed, and the goat starts swearing and cursing, and it's fucking glorious. The goat
2: specifically says something like, "I didn't want your cat, you pig whore," or something like. So doesn't like, the cat
0: get like
1: regurgitated too? Yes, the oh, there's so I many scenes where cats and eyeballs, uh, pus coming out of cake. Yeah, yeah, this, she's the eye in the cake, and then she stabs the eye. In that it and is
0: <laughs> so fantastic. This film has great gore scenes when it is her stabbing a cake, when it is a goat swearing at her. It is not fantastic when she's stabbing a cat.
1: Yeah, it's it's when it's luminous-y. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about your third favorite? I, the, the grave scene at the very end when she finds out
0: that she can gift this when she can gift this this curse away to someone but they have to be a, a formal gift and what she believes is the button that is the cursed object from her she has this amazing f- fight with this dead lady six feet down on the ground and it's epic and intense and this girl gets beat up drowned her hair pulled out more than once in this film, and she did a lot of these stunts on her own.
1: The Fuck hair yeah, the girl. hair is a recurring thing. Yeah, yes. and the she hair.
0: makes the point, you will no longer
1: take any more of my hair, you dead bitch. And like and I, I want to make it clear the body is not like a zo- it's not a zombie, it's not a it, it is a no, corpse it's just weird. It's literally a corpse. Happenstance it's that a- this
0: film occasionally kicks her ass. <laughs> um and oh I'm sorry it's like stepping on a rake and it comes up and hits you in the face. That's that, what, that's that's what, what this whole scene was. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I kind of want to talk about my favorite scene of the film too. Yes. And that, and it's it's literally just because of mine and Ian's reaction to it. It is the very, very last scene where, oh, okay. where it is revealed, like Forrest had alluded to, that it, in fact, was not the button that was... was it? Did, did the object have to be destroyed? It had to be gifted to someone. Gifted to someone. Okay. So, she believes that the button was cursed, or the button was her object that was cursed with her, and she believed that she had gifted the button to someone else. the corpse, in this case. To the corpse. And Justin Long, while they're at the train station, pulls out this pulls out this envelope, and he's like, oh, no, you shouldn't have bought that new jacket. Because she buys a new jacket at the train station, I should have said. But he pulls out the button, and he goes, because we could have fixed your old one. And mine, I've never, I haven't had that big of a reaction to a movie in a while. And I don't think Ian has either, because I went, I I was... (gasps) My mouth was wide. I was like, "No!" And I looked over, and Ian was just slack-jawed, eyes wide. What? And we, yeah, we both, I think, yelled something like, "What?" or "Oh no!" And then just this feeling, this feeling of dread sets in between us. And then it shows her, and you could just tell. It's like, "Oh my god!" I, the, I, I haven't had such an outward reaction like that to a movie in a hot minute. So, I actually took pictures of each of their reactions. You did? I didn't catch
0: you doing that. Oh, no. And I, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm going to put it on Facebook. I'm probably going to, like a teaser, like, what film did these guys watch? I, I'm I'm still thinking about <clears> it, but it is in my phone, and they are fantastic photos. What
2: you should do is you should give it to our artist and see if she can do a, a, a new picture. Oh, of, of our reactions and put them make our like our shirts or something. Yeah, I may just, just put it on, on Facebook. Yeah.
1: Or that. We'll figure it <laughs> or, out. or that,
2: whatever.
1: But I you know, I you know, I, I've I've had, you know, a couple problems with the movie, but I at the end of the day I really did enjoy this film. It I, any film that can make me have that type of reaction and it not be robot jocks esque <clears throat> um is definitely a win. In my cat, you know, in my book, like I, I need to rewatch it again. Like I said, now that I know what I'm getting myself into, full, full force. But this film knew, this film knew what it was, and it wasn't ashamed to be itself.
0: God no, it was grotesque and violent. It made you feel vulnerable, and then it. And then it gave you a cake with an eyeball in it, and it gave you a goat shouting slurs. Yeah, it's it's wonderful.
2: <laughs> well, that sounds like your guys' is both recommendations right there. So I guess I'll just go ahead and give mine. Yeah, is that what we're doing? Yeah, it sounds like we're wrapping up here. So well, we'll
1: give four. I'll give my full blown one, but yes, go ahead. Uh,
2: okay. Well, I, I I guess I'll just go ahead and give my recommendation. So uh yes i would recommend the film um i don't think it's on the same level as evil dead one and two which are my favorites uh, army of darkness is below that i have not yet seen dark man to my shame i really want to see dark man eh. um <laughs> and then the spider-man films and i'm not a big superhero person i'm sick of it but anyway um i think that this is a good film and i think that i would definitely recommend it just understand it's not as A magnum opus as evil dead one and two for me um and as long as you understand that and you're maybe not as much of a cat lover as i am or just don't watch the unrated version you'll have a good time
0: this film obviously is a recommend for me um by all means is evil dead 2 still my favorite film but as far as top 10 horror films this is probably up there wow okay yeah i fucking love this film it's a riot.
1: Yeah, um, this is definitely a recommend for me, too. Um, But I am going to say you need to know what you're getting yourself into when you do watch it. It is not 100% horror, obviously, as we've been talking about. There is some goof. Um, There's some intense moments. There's moments that are going to probably make you feel uncomfortable, scared. But it's got got that Sam Raimi cheese just sprinkled all over it. And that's not a bad thing. It's just you need to know what you're getting yourself into, otherwise it may catch you off guard, like it did me. But yeah, I would recommend this movie, hundred percent. If you if you like any of the stuff we've been talking about, Excellent. Okay,
2: well, um, do we want to do uh, say what the next episode is, and then you can do your little yeah, shtick. So next do. episode, I am extremely excited for this <laughs> film. Um, with what Force has told me of it, I've not yet seen it, so I'm super stoked. It is Rock and Rule, which is mm-hmm. an animated. Uh, musical 80s. rock '80s rock film when the style of Streets of Fire and all that good, wonderful stuff. It's a little least, bit of sci-fi fantasy thrown yeah, in Yeah, but it's it's got the that that musical style mm-hmm. and the uh, commercial looked fucking amazing. With and I've been the trailer, yes. Yeah. And I've been waiting for nearly over nearly a year now yeah, to watch this film since it's horse been it so a year I'm since excited. I started drooling and talking about it.
0: Yeah, so that's our next episode. Alrighty, so into Scene Rejects. I want to do one more thing. I want to do
1: one more thing. I'm sorry, because we need to get in the habit of doing this. Um, I want to just say, please check us out on uh, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review, like, what have you. Please consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. And thank you to our patrons that are currently subscribing to us. I very much appreciate that. And I want to throw a special shout out because I haven't done it yet yet. <clears throat> to Captain Quad, who is our artist. Thank you. She has done all of she's done all of our artwork so you, far. Girl. We are very appreciative of it. Please go follow her on Instagram. She she will take um she will take commissions and she also does a lot of really cool stuff with dolls. It's really cool. Captain Quad on Instagram. Thank you. you I just Captain
2: spelled out in full or Captain like
1: it's Cap'n underscore quad. Gotcha. So, and that's on Instagram so please go f- give her a follow
2: yeah I, l- I love her art style it's very unique in my opinion I really like the style that she's done our pictures on and our latest one which is on our Facebook group with me wearing the World War One British helmet with all of our little Easter eggs <laughs> in the background is wonderful so thank you very yeah. much
1: Cap and we need to get in the habit of saying all that stuff and thing her, so we can be professionals yes. anyway
0: oof yeah because that's us professional, professional. Oh, scene rejects scene rejects already per usual I'm your humble narrator, director Ian and Jacob will be my actors the scene I'm an artiste we are doing the seance led <laughs> by Sandina the lady who once has dealt with Lamia, is now given another chance To deal with the Lamia again. In the form of Christine Brown. Who is dealing with this unfortunate curse. Now. In that scene in the movie. We obviously had the goat and a few other characters. Because of budget restrictions. It is just those two characters. And the scene. Ian. You will be Sandina. Leading the seance. And you are inviting spirits into our house into our realm and potentially into your body jacob
1: yes
0: (laughs) you are christine brown hello hello you are currently dealing with a terrible curse and you're hoping that the person across from you not being ian but son dina is going to rid you of that curse Mm -hmm. however you'd like to Get into the seance, Ian. Please go, and then I will tell you what happens from there.
2: So I'm just giving you all a preface. It's been a bit since we've seen this movie, so I do not remember the ex- exact stuff that are in the scene. You make so it I'm up, man. Just gonna I'm just going to ad-lib it. All right. And go. Olemia! I am Sandina! <laughs> Come unto us, and so we can speak with you and appease you. Do not take this woman into the... The, the
0: depths of hell! There's a rustling. There's a presence in this room. A presence that enters your body, Ian. Sandina. But it's not the Lamia. The spirit that has now possessed your body is George Carlin! Did Go. Did you
2: say George Carlin? Yeah.
0: I thought that was funny, no?
2: You know, let me tell you something, Christine. Let me just tell you something right now. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. You know what? There is no hell. There is no God. This is the only life that we have.
1: Do you have a cat? No,
2: but you ever heard about my dog named Tippy? Let me tell you about Tippy.
1: Do you have a cat? Because that seemed to work before. I'm just going to get a little cat. I'm just going to... And More just... <laughs> rustling
0: <laughs> occurs, and the spirit of George Carlin exits your body, and another one enters. It's Marilyn Monroe. I don't know Marilyn Monroe well enough. Um, uh, she apparently exits your body. Hi, I got webbed toes, and s- I don't remember. How's now. JFK? Yeah. Uh, oh oh uh, f- no. <laughs> Well, I was going to continue the scene and say Mufasa entered your body next, so... Scar!
2: You're not Scar! we Scar. I must kill him. Is that your cat's name? Simba?
1: Is that your cat's name? <laughs> these, these... Are they
0: getting better? I can't Mufasa. tell. Mufasa! <laughs> Simba. <laughs> Thank you for not a rejecting these rejects it's just us chuckling i'm
1: still getting dragged to hell i feel like this was you're a terrible seance i want my five thousand dollars back
0: it was ten thousand
1: i want my ten thousand dollars back
2: money means nothing in the afterlife tell me where scar is
1: thank you for you are scar bye guys